Welcome to Words to Live By, a podcast series hosted by the Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation and Institute. Each week, we will share some of the wit and wisdom of Ronald Reagan. In essence, Words to Live By, made up of radio addresses and speeches he delivered from the 1960s through the 1980s. So imagine you're the president. It's late December, 1983. You've delivered your evil empire speech in March, putting the Soviets on notice. You've learned by detailed intelligence reports that the communists and Fidel Castro are expanding their efforts in the Caribbean, along with infiltrating the island of Grenada. You've announced your strategic defense initiative in March, which was renamed Star Wars by the press. You've sent forces into Lebanon as part of a multinational peacekeeping force, which became a target of terrorists killing 270 Marines in their barracks as they slept. You've watched the war in the Middle East escalate exponentially with bad actors getting involved from every angle. You've watched Soviet leader Andropov continue to advance the Brezhnev Doctrine and... You've learned how the Soviets shot down Korean airliner 007, killing all passengers aboard. Now, those are just the high notes of 1983. So if you were president and you had to draft a message for the new year, where would you start? Well, let's begin by listening to our 40th president, the eternal optimist who always made lemonade out of lemons. But always the responsible citizen, he begins by cautioning Americans on New Year's Eve about the dangers of drunk driving. And then he moves right on. Let's listen to a bit. My fellow Americans, New Year's Eve is a time for looking back on the year past. And in a moment, I want to talk about all that 1983 meant to America. But first, I want to mention the topic of my radio talk two weeks ago, drunk driving. A drunk or drugged person at the wheel of a car isn't a driver. That person is a machine of destruction. So let's enjoy all the wonderful celebrations that go with New Year's Eve. But please, when we drive, let's drive sober. Okay, that's it on that subject. Now, the president sides with domestic affairs, specifically improvements in the economy. Despite the challenges internationally, America was internally becoming quite stronger. Let's listen. 1983 was the 207th year for our grand old republic. Though the year had its measure of hardship and even tragedy, it was a time when we Americans acted with courage, self-confidence, and vigor. We had reason to feel glad. America was on the mend, and as our economy regained strength, we watched the progress of a sparkling recovery, one of the strongest recoveries in 20 years. I said from the beginning it would take time for our economic program to work. You can't cure 25 years of failed economic policies overnight. And yes, we had some hard months at first, but 1983 saw our patience pay off as our program took hold. On this New Year's Eve, the prime interest rate is 11%, about half of what it was when we took office. Inflation for 1983 is running at only 3.2%, about a quarter what it was just three years ago. Housing starts are running 60% higher than on this day last year. 1983 saw the stock market reach new highs as it pumped vast new funds into the economy and raised the value of pension funds where millions of working Americans have their savings. During 1982, American manufacturers sold 5.8 million new cars. This year, they've sold 6.7 million. 
As our basic industries and agriculture gain new strength, American ingenuity and enterprise are creating whole new industries, industries like robotics and bioengineering. Just a few years ago, home computers were unheard of. By the end of 1982, American companies had sold some two and a half million home computers. This year, the figure is expected to climb to seven and a half million. This is one of the seasons when we Americans fly the most, to visit family and friends because there's nothing like being home for the holidays. Well, the deregulation of the airline industry has increased competition and helped push fares down, and deregulation of banking is helping millions. In 1983, for the first time, everyday savers and small businesses received marked interest rates, earning $3.5 billion in additional income. The best news of all, on New Year's Eve 1982, 100.8 million Americans had jobs. But today, the figure has climbed by 3.6 million, an all-time high for our nation. All this means that in 1983, it was easier to pay bills, put children through college, buy homes, or borrow the money to start a new business than it had been in many years. Once again, the American economy has begun to reward fresh ideas and good hard work. More about the President's New Year's Eve address as the President segues from domestic policy to, yes, foreign policy. We'll be right back after this brief message. The Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation is the nonprofit organization created by President Reagan himself and specifically charged by him with continuing his legacy and sharing his principles, individual liberty, economic opportunity, global democracy, and national pride. We must remain vigilant and work together to share these conservative principles with younger generations. Your role is critical to move our mission forward. Thank you for your continued support. Please visit reaganfoundation.org give. That's reaganfoundation.org give. Now, back to the President's New Year's Eve message, which was pre-recorded at the Century Plaza Hotel on December 28th. Why, you ask? Because the Reagans were in California, planning on spending New Year's Eve at the home of Walter Annenberg in Palm Springs. You might recognize the name Sunnylands. The estate Sunnylands, which was 25,000 square feet, emerged onto the world stage when the historic estate was completed in 1966. It has since welcomed eight U.S. presidents and world leaders, noted intellectuals, celebrities, and, of course, friends and family. So, just before heading to the desert for the New Year's Eve festivities, the president pre-recorded his message. Let's continue listening as he moves away from domestic policy. Just as 1983 saw our economy recovering, it saw a new sense of purpose in our armed forces and foreign policy. In the military, morale has soared. Some pundits used to claim we could only attract recruits when our economy was weak. But now, even with a strong economy and growing opportunities in civilian life, our armed forces are attracting more and better qualified recruits than ever. There's one statistic that shows just how dramatic the turnaround has been. If 1979 Air Force retention rates had continued, three out of four pilots would have left the service after their first tours. In 1983, better than three out of four stayed in. Morale has improved partly because we've given our men and women in uniform better pay and better equipment. 
But I just have to believe the courage of our soldiers and Marines in Lebanon and Grenada has a lot to do with it. And as we celebrate the new year, I wonder whether you would all join Nancy and me in setting aside a moment to remember those who in 1983 gave their lives in the cause of freedom and to pray for those brave young men spending this day so far from home. In foreign policy this year, we've given firm support to democratic leadership in Central America. In Grenada, we set a nation free. In Asia, our trip to Japan and Korea further strengthened our partnership with those nations. In Europe, 1983 saw the NATO alliance pass through harsh trials, but the alliance has emerged more firmly united than ever, more ardent in the cause of freedom and peace, more dedicated to the paths of deterrence and dialogue. In Lebanon, the road to peace has proven long and hard, but there has been progress that would have been impossible without our Marines and the other troops in the multinational peacekeeping force. Representatives of all Lebanese factions agreed in Geneva to recognize the government of President Amin Jamal, and talks have begun that will broaden the government's base. It isn't easy. Progress is painfully slow, but progress is being made. 1983 was a good year for America. If all of us keep pulling together, we can make 1984 even better. Happy New Year, and until next week, thanks for listening. God bless you all. So, there you go. That's how our 40th president found a way to uplift Americans after a very difficult 1983. And from all of us at the Reagan Foundation, we wish you a blessed new year in 2024, and we thank you for listening. For more information on the Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation and Institute, including information on how to become a member, information on upcoming exhibits at the Reagan Library, and more information on the legacy of President Reagan, please visit reaganfoundation.org. And don't forget to like and follow the Reagan Foundation on all social media platforms. Don't forget to subscribe to the Words to Live By podcast in your iTunes or Google Play stores and on other podcast platforms as they become available. New episodes of Words to Live By come out every Tuesday. Like what you hear? Check out our A Reagan Forum podcast, featuring great speeches delivered at the Reagan Library. New episodes drop every Thursday. And don't forget to follow at Ronald Reagan on Facebook, at Ronald Reagan 40 on Twitter, and Reagan Foundation on YouTube. Also, search for us on SoundCloud and Stitcher.